With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Gary Gramling. And I'm Connor Orr. And I'm back, Connor, after uh, <laughs> last week. Took, took, a, took a show off. Took a show off. John Gonzalez over here. I, I want to give you a couple quick notes about the show, what I liked, what I didn't like, and then we'll move on to uh, today's show, which will cover the NFL draft. We're going to talk a little quarterback, musical chairs as well, and also the new overtime rules. But uh, the thing I didn't like about the show was... Uh, not only was I not on it, but you got John Gonzalez, who is is better than me at podcasting, which uh, I didn't appreciate. Uh, what I did like is we did get a uh, a little Michael McDonald uh, continuation, a little yacht rock uh, drop in there. Yeah, it's it's remarkable how uh, the power of yacht rock, right, where you don't even know. That you know, I I don't know if John is a serial listener of the pod, but you know, even if he's not, and he wasn't just trying to drop an Easter egg for our listeners, he loves Yacht Rock so much that like you know we were just able to keep it going and to uh, and to bring that to uh, to our core listener base. Yeah, even if you don't think you like Yacht Rock, you actually like Yacht Rock. It's just oh, yeah, em- it's embedded in all of us in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it was a good show, though. You guys covered the Bruce Arian surprise retirement well, and uh, now we can move on because it's it's been covered in full. Truths have been spoken, and now we are on to the NFL draft. But before we do, yeah, because John, John wouldn't do it. Give me a Mount Rushmore with Bruce Arians. Where is he? Like, I don't know if like where like if he was still in the league. Mm-hmm. And and you're and you're a quarterback and you get to pick, you know, you're you're a hot free agent quarterback and you get to pick. How far down is he on your list? He's uh, this is a cop out answer. He's I mean, he's he's middle of the pack. Yeah, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to make me better. I think, though, he is flexible enough, uh, as we saw with Tom Brady the last couple of years that, you know, if I need to sort of take command of the offense and sort of do my own coaching i will have the freedom to do that and that's a that's a positive for me uh but yeah i don't know like i don't think he's a hall of famer i think he was a, a really good coach i think in a weird way <laughs> in a weird way his 
I mean, his worst head coaching performance was in Tampa uh, because he was brought in there, you know, the quarterback whisper, self-proclaimed, and we can talk about the wisdom of that or not. We don't have to do it again. But, uh, you know, he lands in Tampa and he's supposed to fix Jameis Winston and that doesn't happen. And then Tom Brady comes in and it's not going very well until Tom Brady finally kind of says, you know, your thing doesn't really work. So why don't we just do my thing now? I agree. Um, I think if you're a head coach, Hall of Fame, it, the bar is the second Super Bowl, right? I, I think you need that second one. Mm. So in a way, you know, you, you give him credit, you know, and, and I guess since he's staying on as an executive, you still get a chance to bolster your credentials in some way, shape or form, right? If you're assisting with the front office and Brady wins one for Bulls next year, Maybe you increase your candidacy. But I, I think another cool thing that I, I was kind of thinking about the other day was not a Hall of Famer now, probably missed his chance to become a Hall of Famer by hanging on for that one more year and seeing if Brady could drive them back to the Super Bowl. So all in all, nice thing uh, nice thing he did for Bulls. But let's – gosh, the draft is here. Let's do it. But it's so weird. Like normally the draft is here like four weeks ago. Uh, but yeah. I feel like free agency was just so thick. Like we, we, we got through a forest and the weird thing is there's still a whole other wave of free agency to go. There's a ton of really like not good players, but players who fans would be like, why isn't that guy signed yet that are out there? Um, and, but, but the draft feels like next, right? I feel like teams are, are going to say, all right, let's see what we can get here. And then we will go back to wave two of free agency. I mean, we had a whole phase of free agency that was like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady unretirement, uh, Deshaun Watson uh, sweepstakes for teams with bad judgment, and then uh, Bruce Arians retires. Like, that's – there's a lot of sort of second-wave news here. Yeah. Too much second-wave news just keeping yeah. us from this draft. And uh, so what we're going to do is give you the sort of broad view of the draft on this show, and as we go on over the next couple of shows – Um, We are going to break down some position groups, break break down sort of mostly lots of takes, outrageous takes, maybe. We'll see how it goes. Uh, And of course, we will in a couple of weeks have our mock draft series. But uh, we are starting this by getting you all amped for the draft by pointing out that this is maybe not a very good draft. (laughs) It's just there, there's just not a whole lot at the top that's getting anyone very excited. Yeah. And what's interesting is um, and Gary, you had the idea for this um, and um, I took a swing at executing it for the magazine. And what uh, what was interesting is, you know, this is I would say this is a better version of the 2013 NFL draft, right? Every every eight or nine years, we get one of these drafts where there's just no quarterback. But instead of this being 2013 and, and the fact that everyone's like, oh, God, this is just like nothing good is going to come of this. It's like, no, this is actually a really good draft for teams that need depth defensively right like if, if you're a team that is hurting defensively you know you need to get a cornerback you need to get a linebacker and uh you know you need to get somewhat of a premium edge rusher or an edge rusher that can start right away you can accomplish that in the first three rounds of this draft uh and that's kind of in a sense from the executives that i talked to at the combine so while it is crappy on its head um, I think that there is um, you have to dig a little bit deeper there. So it's almost like you're you're walking around with your metal detector over a landfill and then you dig in there and there's <laughs> I wouldn't say gold. Right. But what's mm-hmm. a good thing to find with a metal like maybe some old buffalo nickels. There's yeah. Plenty of old buffalo nickels in there. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Love a, good, a find. good buffalo nickel. Yeah. There's also, and uh, this kind of goes without saying, if you follow the NFL, you know this is true. Uh, the, you know, the guys at the top don't always end up being great, and sometimes guys further down do end up being great. I mean, you can look back at J.J. Uh, Watt, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt. Like, those guys were first-round picks but not seen as, you know, like elite, uh, we'll use Miles Garrett for shorthand type of prospects, and they ended up being uh, all-time great. So, and Miles Garrett is too, by the way. He's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of what you're looking at. It's just, what is, it's, there's not going to be that trade-up demand. And, you know, everyone every year wants to trade down and trade out of the first round and, and uh, collect as many picks as possible. But, you 
there's no real reason for anyone to come up this year because uh, unless you really fall in love with one of the quarterbacks, and we'll get to them in just a moment, there's no one else you're, you're coming up to get. Yeah, they. I saw one of my favorite headlines. Almost, I almost thought it was written by Sports Onion, but uh, um, it, it was Giants like source. Giants GM would be interested in trading 2022 first round pick for 2023 first round pick. I was like, yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure a lot of people would, you know. And uh, here we were a year ago, and I don't know about you, but me, like thinking Howie Roseman is the greatest executive in the history of sports, and. Uh, but at the time, we thought like Spencer Radler was going to be a legit, you know, number one overall prospect. We thought there was going to be a quarterback presence here. I think at that point, some people liked Malik Willis a little bit better than they do now. I would say that's not true for us. I think we always this is a Malik forward podcast. Uh, but now it's like, what are you going to do with three first round picks in this uh, in this draft? It's like. Um, it's like you're in the winter and you've accumulated a lot of coins for the Jersey Shore arcade. Like you can't you can't go. There's nothing the the Xbox that you want is locked behind, you know, uh plywood. You know, it's like they screwed the plywood in there and it's just locked in there. You can't get in. It's a real interesting spot for the Eagles because they have those three first round picks. They're all in the teens, they're all between 15 and 19. What they want to do is basically you know, push at least one of them back to next year. And then, you know, if you need the ammo to come up and get the quarterback because Jalen Hurts doesn't work out uh, in 2022, you have that option. But I I, I don't know. Is, any, is anyone giving up a, a 2023 first rounder for one of your mid-2022 first rounders? I think that's a, a huge storyline coming into this thing. Yeah, and I'll say and I'll say this and then we'll move on to the position group thing. So a couple of years ago I talked to Richard Thaler and Cade Massey. They were the ones that wrote that uh seminal uh economy paper on the draft, right? And how yep. all these teams are screwing it up and you you know, you want to accumulate, you want to accumulate, and uh famously presented to Daniel Snyder, and then the next year Daniel Snyder traded all of his draft picks for Robert Griffin the third, uh almost doing exactly the opposite of what they told him to do, and that's why Washington is Washington. And uh he said, uh, you know, I was asking him at the end of the conversation, I was like, what's next? Like, what do you think is one of the things that's next? And he said, I have associates that are in front offices now. And he said what they still can't believe to this day is on draft day, how much easier it is to get a first round pick for the next year, either the day before or on draft day. And he's like, yeah. you know, you're basically getting a draft pick at half price, a first round draft pick at half price because teams need everything now. They want everything right now. And uh, that was a thing I think that was starting to slowly get ex- exploited. But you're going to see the brakes punched on that because nobody nobody's coming up, you know, and maybe we see like a late or mid a late round pick exchanged if Malik Willis or one of these quarterbacks fall, which we'll get to. But you're not going to see that sort of like economic surge. And uh, and some teams really like the Ravens were always so good at that, right? Just like clowning teams and just owning the middle rounds. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If anyone's coming up, it's going to be for one of the quarterbacks. That's just the way life goes here. And if you were going to be incredibly optimistic about this draft class, you could kind of say, well, you know, in 2017, it looked like Mitchell Trubisky was was the top prospect and you know, Patrick Mahomes, but he was coming from an air raid and, and, you know, is he going to translate to the NFL and Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, he, he didn't, uh, arm talent was a, uh, was a question mark when he was entering the NFL. Uh, you know, if you squint, you have kind of five guys in this quarterback class and uh, one of them, one of them probably works out and, you know, one of them might be available in the middle of the first round and maybe someone does make the leap at that point. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think we all took our turns trying to make a quarterback happen. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, we saw what we wanted to see in almost all of these guys in some way, shape, or form. And so starting all the way back, you turn the calendar back to when the Browns upset the Steelers in the playoffs and we were riding high on the Baker Mayfield train and then Sam Howell comes into play and everyone's like, oh my God, he's the next Baker Mayfield. This is fantastic. And now we're just like, oh no, he's he's the next Baker Mayfield. That's, <laughs> yep. eh, we don't want that. And so I think, uh, you know, we've done that with some in some way, shape, or form with all these guys, with Pickett, with Malik Willis. And so to me, and you know, I think that you and I are kind of in lockstep on this. I still think Willis is a guy that if he lands in the right spot and you kind of hand it over to him a couple weeks in with an offense that makes sense and is tailored towards his skill set I think you're gonna have a guy who's gonna who's gonna win you games like what's the what's the crappy scouting lexicon on that right there's there's win with players and there's like uh, there's win players because you win, of win because of right and I yeah. think he I think he can become a win because of I agree. And when you look at Willis, when you compare him to the rest of this draft class, he is the traits guy. Uh, and that said, I don't think his traits are really quite what some of the other recent, you know, quote unquote traits guys were. You're talking Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, even like a, a Trey Lance a year ago. Uh, I don't think he is in that class physically. And then on top of that, I I just wish he had played in a different program. And I think we'd have a, a much better read on him and what he can do. And, uh, to me, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, he's got to just get a ton of reps is the number one thing. I think the mistakes you saw from him and he threw some pretty ugly interceptions. I think it was more a matter of kind of not knowing uh, what areas of the field you can 
test. And I think that comes with basically making those mistakes and figuring out like, oh, yeah, I can't I can't fit a throw into that cover two hole uh, against an SEC defense. And he's going to learn that there are a lot of throws uh, he's not going to be able to make uh, against NFL defenses. But yeah, I mean, he's the one guy you look at and say, we can mold this into some reasonable facsimile of a franchise quarterback. Uh, And we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield in just a little bit. And, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with Baker Mayfield, except when you look at him, you would say, well, this guy has no chance of becoming a Mahomes, a Josh Allen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I agree with you that I wish we saw Willis in a different um, a different program. I think one of the interesting things that did kind of get kicked across um, my radar at the Combine was that the, the offensive coordinator there was doing no favors for Malik Willis, you know, and I think that maybe the offensive coordinator's belief in him was not as such, you know, like it, let's, let's say Malik Willis landed at you know, Mississippi, where does Lane Kiffin coach now? Old Miss? Old Miss, yeah. Yeah, if he landed at Old Miss or something like that, and I know they have a really good quarterback that was in there, or if he was in one of these big-time programs, I, I think we'd be talking about him a lot differently. But it's it's such a give and take. And, you know, the one um, the one play I'll go back to that I keep thinking about from the, from Malik Willis, and you can see it if you go to any of his, like, standard YouTube highlights, was, you know, he's, he's in the red zone against some team that Liberty plays. So I don't even know, like who does, who does Liberty? Play? I mean, they play Syracuse, you know, but like, yeah, who, yeah. who does Liberty, who does Liberty play like old dominion? Um, okay. So like the Campbell camels, uh, old dominion, they do play old dominion. Uh, okay. You that you were that right. game was against old dominion. I know a monarchs team when I see it. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's in the red zone against old dominion and it's the standard, red zone play right where the quarterback runs out rolls out uh to um rolls out to his arm side right and you have the low route you have you have the low concept you have the high concept and you know you make that guy in the middle commit and either way and then you hit the other one and it was interesting because like both of those were open like both of them were immediately open he didn't throw it and then he gets forced all the way back to like the 25 yard line, then somehow sneaks his way back into like the 15 yard line and like fires a laser that's like eight times more complicated to the back, you know, the, the high concept guy in the corner of the end zone. So it's like, okay, phenomenal. It's great that you can do that. Um, we love that, but we wish you would have scored eight seconds ago on the thing that we drew up for you. And so I think that's going to be what you're going to end up having to parse out for Malik. And what's, what's interesting about him too, is like, he's not like, he's not one of these kids that's been playing quarterback since he was six years old. You know, he got moved there fairly late in life. And so you gotta, you gotta be confident in, you know, what he brings in terms of, you know, who does he work with in the off season? What kind of fundamental guys does he work with? And then do you have a coach who's basically willing to just follow him around all the time and make this work? And I mean, he just keeps getting mocked to the Steelers. And like, that's the one thing I keep coming back to is like, that's one place that would probably treat him exactly the way that he needs to be treated. Let's move on to Kenny Pickett, the uh, pit prospect, uh, just a breakout season in 2021 here. He was a much more confident quarterback last season. Uh, and look, he he's, you know, traits-wise, uh, decent size, decent arm talent, uh, played under Mark Whipple, so a lot of NFL concepts in that Big offense. Whip. Big whip. Uh, also a little bit, a little bit frantic for no particular reason at times. That's, uh, that's going to frustrate some folks in the NFL, but... Uh, you know, it's not Joe Burrow, but it's, you know, it's kind of a dollar store Joe Burrow type of uh, type of thing we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, my favorite part about Kenny Pickett, you know, we all made a big deal out of the hand size thing. And then um, I know he double gloves it quite a bit. So it's this is not like a uh, this is not saying that he only did this for his pro day, but he double gloved it for the pro day. 
uh, amid this hand size controversy. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but there's the uh, there's the really horrible attorney who wears the big fake plastic <laughs> Char- hands. All the Charlie's uncle, yeah, Charlie's uncle, yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's what that made me think of when I saw him at the pro day. It's just like my hands are huge, you know. Uh, but it's like no. <laughs> no, Kenny, they're not that big. Um, but here's what I'll say. Um, there are enough people in front offices that I could see him very easily getting taken off the board in, like, the Northeast up through, like, the upper Midwest of teams that don't play – that play outdoors. Like, I could mm-hmm. – I mean, that's still and, – and I don't know if, whether that's right or wrong. But I've talked to you know people in scouting positions or whatever, uh, like a year ago, that were like, "Yeah, big hands, tough guy. You gotta play. You gotta be that way to play in Ohio." Like that's how people still think about things in the NFL. And so I think that it it is gonna hurt him. But as a player, he's fun to watch. You know, I think he's creative. I think he's one of those guys that you can tell is just has been playing the position for his entire life, right? And so he knows all the ins and outs. I think he's maximized his ability for what uh, God has given him on earth, you know? And I should note, I just sort of order these randomly. These are not like rankings or anything. So, yeah. Let's go on to uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, He's a guy who, it, it wasn't a Kenny Pickett breakout, but he... Did himself a lot of good last season uh, at Cincinnati. Uh, Much better. uh, I I thought he was a much more efficient processor. Um, I don't... The one thing that kind of surprised me as I I watch him more and more is I just always assumed, as someone who probably watched, uh, I don't know, maybe 14 snaps of Cincinnati football over the previous three seasons. uh, (laughs) I just, he's, he's, I was like, yeah, big guy, athlete. I'm, you know, must be a big arm guy. The arm's not that big. Uh, He doesn't throw with a ton of velocity. To me, it kind of looked like a less refined Daniel Jones with maybe a little more, a little more arm talent. And I don't really know. uh, I mean, this is a this is a pro uh, Abrick Daniel podcast here, but I'm not sure what to make of that with Desmond Ritter at this point. Boy, the Daniel Jones thing is spot on. And I had one in my back pocket, a comp that I'm just going to bury because it's not even close. Right. Uh, And that 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 was good. It was really good. And, um, you know, it's what I can't wait to see. And this is true of Desmond Ritter. It's true of Malik Willis. It's true of Kenny Pickett. Um, it's true of Sam Howell, right? How many times have we been in a situation where all of the top quarterbacks play in a sort of non-elite football conference where you're not measuring them against week-in and week-out NFL-caliber talent, right? I mean, what is Cincinnati in the Sun Belt or something like that? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They beat Notre Man. Dame. I'm just mad about it. So, I'm still mad about it. So much AAC slander here. <laughs> uh, it is interesting you mentioned that. And look, we don't need to sit here and like project the ratings for the draft. I mean, people people will watch it. The NFL will not go bankrupt over this draft class. But uh, it's just really because when we got together in like January and we're talking about draft coverage and you know we do uh we do a obviously the cover of our May issue is going to be NFL draft centric uh, Connor Orr is the byline by the way uh and we went with two defensive players on it um when we talked about these quarterbacks it was kind of like yeah none of them are, are great prospects but normally if there's like an Alabama guy or a Notre Dame guy or yeah you, know, you can like drive that hype up a little bit and it's just it's not there with these guys <laughs> like that's no one's fault but it's it's liberty Pitt, cincinnati Ole miss and, and north carolina like those blue blood programs are not represented here uh which again means nothing it doesn't mean these guys can't play it just uh uh you know a little less hype than you normally get for a quarterback class yeah i mean you know lamar jackson came from louisville i mean you know that you there's good players i mean you're gonna ben roethlisberger came from miami ohio i'm not you know i'm not saying it can't be but you're right i mean i think <clears throat> ritter is it, it's gonna be scheme dependent and i don't see a laser you know but i do see a guy that you know if you kind of i don't think you necessarily need one in the nfl right now um I think you needed one probably three or four years ago, like a deep laser, but 
if you're good in the ten to, in, the, in the zero to fifteens, I think you're going to be able to find some work in in the NFL right now. Matt Corral is kind of like that to me. He's a, he's built different than Ritter. Uh, he's he's smaller. He's skinnier. Uh, he's a little more of a guy. Uh, again, the traits are not elite, but. He's a loose athlete. He can move around. Uh, he can make plays off schedule. He can run a little bit, but uh, and, and we'll talk about this with Howell too in just a second. But I, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's like, well, you know, your quarterback can he absorb a lot of contact? But you know, you kind of wonder can can Corral absorb a lot of contact back there, both as a both as a runner and as someone who's going to have to survive in. Uh, the very tight, claustrophobic spaces of an NFL pocket. Yeah, I worry about him size-wise m- more than I worried about, like, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, right? Because it's sort of a, you know, you're you're short in, shorter-ish in stature, right? But then you almost have the, like, the, almost like a Kaepernick body type, like a torso, right? You're very lean, yeah. you know? And so... That combination, you know, Kaepernick was tall. I think he could use that for to his advantage a little bit, and I think it made him a good quarterback at that body size. Uh, Kyler, though, and and Russell were were a lot stouter. You know, I think that they had a solid foundation, and you're kind of in a no man's land there a little bit. Sam Howell is the last guy we'll touch on here as a legitimate first round prospect in this class, and and you said it like. The Baker Mayfield comp went from uh, something that he was probably pretty happy about to something he's he's not nearly as happy about at this point. Uh, uh, it's what it's what the year did. <laughs> Howell to me is he's not nearly as accurate as Baker was in college, though. You could probably say he could probably match Baker's accuracy from a uh, from a year ago. I know that sounds like uh, kind of a kind of a slight, but uh, the other thing I'll say about Howell is. He is better with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think there is something there. He's not, you know, whatever. He's he's not Lamar, Josh Allen type of thing. Uh, it does worry me, you know, a, a 6'1", 200-pound uh, guy going out there and, and picking up chunks of yards with his legs. But uh, he's a good mover. Uh, he can, you know, he can power through for a broken tackle every now and then. And uh, I think there's something to be said about that. But... Aside from that, it's, you know, I don't know. To me, I I think he ends up just being sort of a a quick strike guy, or uh, if it's not going to be quick strike, it's just going to be play action, you know, just very defined reads with with the deep ball. Yeah, but, you know, as we said, look at what the NFL is right now. I mean, it's too high, you know, it's too high shell. And so, you know, but like you said, it's, not exactly the Mayfield college accuracy. So you're not, you know, you're not like Burrow, right? Where you're just picking teams apart on the sidelines with these dimes. And so it's going to be complicated. But that said, I do think that he's good enough to make this work. Um, but it's, it's going to be, you're going to be like a, boy, I'm going to try my hand at like a, a good comp, but you just like, you made me mad with the Daniel Jones because <laughs> it was good. Um, and I'm never good at that. You know, there's always like a draft analyst and I guess because it's their job full time, right? Mm-hmm. Where they look at a guy and they're like, that's that. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're right. And like, I've never done that. Like I could look at like, uh, you know, I'd look at like Lamar Jackson and I'd be like, oh, that's that's like Kevin Malone from The Office. And everyone'd be like, what? You know, it like, doesn't make any sense. And so, um, but almost like a like a shorter Alex Smith, and that I think that your functional mobility is going to get you there um, because Alex Smith did that. I mean, he played in that original sort of Urban Meyer zone read offense, uh, and he was just enough of a threat on the ground to make that work and to make mm-hmm. teams kind of back away. And I think the threat level there is similar, right? Where he, unlike Baker, is going to take off, but gosh, does he look exactly like? baker mayfield with the ball in his hands and i'm not kidding when i say like there are there are amazing scouts out there there are scouts that'll blow your mind uh with their knowledge and there are scouts that will look at that and won't be able to get past how much he looks like baker mayfield so i'm you know so that's that's what it is you know i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's move on to the adult quarterbacks. Depending on who you ask, if you're an anonymous source in the Browns front office, maybe you uh, don't feel Baker Mayfield is an adult, (laughs) as opposed to the new guy, apparently. Uh, But yeah, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo are still out there. Uh, As far as this musical chairs game goes, you have the Seahawks and you have the Panthers who both seem to have fairly glaring needs I would say the Panthers are an absolute must uh you got to get someone in there and uh the Seahawks I don't know if you want to argue Drew Locke will be better under Shane Waldron I guess I'm open to a world where that plays out but uh these two guys I the market just seems to have dried up at this point I I don't know if uh you know the Browns or the 49ers can can get that day two pick for either guy at this point I I don't think the Browns will for a couple reasons I think that every team in the NFL is pissed off at the Browns not only because of what they did but you know what you're hearing kind of reverberate from the owners meetings is you know there are a lot of owners out there who are like we, you know, it, it it comes back to what's in their wallet, right? In a fully guaranteed mm-hmm. market resetting contract. And they're like, F these guys, you know? And so I think that there, there are a lot of teams who are mad at them. There are a lot of teams that won't deal with them. And there are a lot of teams that understand, you know, Bash Baker Mayfield anonymously all you want. He's going to be able to start for at least 11 teams in the NFL right now. Probably, you know, 10, 11 teams, would you say? I don't know. I would think so. I mean, ten, I would say ten teams. I think he's an upgrade in at at ten spots in the NFL right now. The question becomes, and and look, I I would have loved to. No offense to Mr. Trubisky, I would have loved to see Mayfield get a crack down there uh, in mm-hmm. that offense, and and you know, it's whatever. We'll we'll see if it happens. 
if you're one of these teams, and again, the Panthers and the Seahawks are the two teams that you kind of circle as saying like, okay, the Panthers don't have a starting quarterback, and uh, the Seahawks probably don't have a starting quarterback. If those teams, which they're both picking the top 10, if they like one of these quarterbacks, okay, well, what are you giving up for Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo to come in there and basically be a one-year bridge guy, or at least that's how you hope it plays out? And Jimmy Garoppolo, it hurts that, well, both of these guys, really. I mean, Baker came off a disastrous season that was caused by a shoulder injury. Jimmy Garoppolo just got the the shoulder surgery, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of teams might have to wait. Um, and it could be a sort of a modified Viking Sam Bradford situation, right, where you're just kind of waiting it out, and then you wait post-draft, and then you let the market come back to you and then you deal them when, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt, maybe somebody's not ready, whatever it is. Um, but I, I, I think, I think that there's going to be a market for both of these guys, but I think until the medical comes back until the smoke clears, you know, I don't think anybody's going to jump on this. I can't believe how horribly the Browns played this. (laughs) Like, and to their credit, and it pains me to say this, but to this point, they've been like almost a maniacally calculated franchise under the new regime, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I I just can't believe it happened this way, um, where it, it's, it's worse than what Steve Keim did with Josh Rosen, where you just absolutely nuked the value of the other piece that you had to the point where you're going to get n- almost nothing back for a premium investment. And I can't believe there was no plan B there. Like, like, oh, yeah, this guy will love backing up Deshaun Watson. <laughs> like, yeah. on, on what planet was that going to happen? Yeah. I mean, and they got Jacoby Brissett, so they're all set at uh, mm. 1A for their quarterback at this point. All comes uh, back to Jacoby. It's, it's just, <clears throat> again, it's wild because if you back it up a year, you, you know, this time last year we were talking about, okay, well, you know, when is Baker going to get his deal? And, you know, is he probably wasn't going to top Mahomes, Josh Allen, et cetera, but uh, he was going to get a contract. Like, of course, after that playoff win, they'd have to invest in him in some way, and uh, they didn't. They they again will go back to shows, listen to uh, what we think of Deshaun Watson. Uh, they got into that, and that's what they did. And along the way, they managed to just completely, uh, like you said, just blow up Baker Mayfield's value in the trade market right now. Uh, whether it be you know the fact that they started sniffing around Deshaun Watson so early. Uh, last season when the team was still not out of contention or the fact that uh, you know anonymous sources are coming out saying they need an adult in the room and uh again (laughs) you need an adult in the room and you you go and get the guy who's you know being accused by 26 women of of sexual misconduct so (laughs) i i will say um that it's funny how like for example the colts did this but they waited until after they traded Carson Wentz to do it, which is when you get your, which is when you get your shots in on the yeah. way out. And I, um, I, I thought it was <laughs> Jim Mercer's comments about uh, Carson Wentz just made me laugh because they were like, "Why did you get rid of him?" And he's just like, "Oh God, yeah, we couldn't do that again." <laughs> and you know, another team paid like a decent amount of money to get him, for, you know, and so I, I just think it's funny, but like the Browns, they did it before they did it, and they're like, oh no, but you should have him, you know, it, it, what it was the line from Caddyshack, oh, but the hat looks good on you, you know? Yeah, yep. All right, one more item before we uh, wrap this show up. The new overtime rules, which, I, I don't know, this was such a meek step forward here. Yeah, I don't know if like, if we worked at a daytime local radio station in like the mid 1990s, we would have the producer just cue up a big fart sound, you know, when you bring up the new overtime, because it's it's indicative of it's indicative of what the NFL thinks of us, right? They think, and and maybe they're right, that just a gigantic portion of the consumer base are just morons that can't comprehend real intellectual change when it comes to overtime like something truly fair 
and fascinating. Uh, instead, it's just like, now the other team gets the ball, you know, and it's like, okay, you know. And to the NFL's credit, Brian Burke, who does uh, kind of the football analytics guru, was like the initial go-for-it guy, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really smart dude. I think he created the chart that a lot of coaches started using uh, when the analytics revolution happened. He ran his model, and it did bring it from like a 57% favorability to the coin toss to like a 51 so like it's going to it's it's going to condense it right it's not going to be what it was in the playoffs where it's like 12 and 1 in 12 yeah 12 teams to win the coin toss and the one who doesn't um but there's just such a a wealth of really good proposals out there that don't extend the game and don't force tired players to stay on the field for another lifetime and then screw them over for the following week. And so I like even the Titans proposal. I really liked where you have to, you can only walk off if you also go for two. What I liked was the thought of keeping the tired players on the field for another lifetime. And, uh, Playing just a playing just a fifth quarter. That's that's what I'm that's what oh. I'm all for. Play to the clock. I thought no. the most I thought the most fascinating part of that Bills Chiefs game, which I will continue to bill as the greatest game ever played, was the Bills, I guess it was like second to last drive in regulation, where they were like bleeding the clock perfectly as they as they came down the field. And I think that should be a factor in these things. Uh it's you know, whatever. It, again, this thing is better than the old system, but it's still a pretty significant advantage to have the ball second. It's not the same advantage as having it first in sudden death, but having the ball second, you know what you have to go get. I mean, you know, if you have the ball first and you're facing fourth and four at the 30-yard line, I don't know, do you, do you kick the field goal there? there? There's a lot of variables that goes into that, whereas if you have the ball second, you you know if you're playing four-down football or not. Yeah, I think as we see the model bear itself out, my guess is you you would want to kick, right? Mm-hmm. You would probably you would probably kick and you would probably see over time the coin toss winner still have somewhat I I would say probably an advantage akin to in college football the team who plays defense first, right? It's pr- probably pretty close. Yeah. Right? I'll go with that. Um but yeah, I mean to leave spot and choose on the on the table um, I think that's the NFL's way of saying, you know, we don't think you're going to understand this. We don't, we don't think you guys are mature enough to handle spot and choose. I just think it's going to be, uh, boy, if I were a head coach, I do not want to do spot and choose. I just don't. <laughs> because it's more on you, which is what yes. we want. Like, but th- that's my point. Like, so even the Titans proposal, which, you know, allows you, which forces you to go for two. What are the coolest plays in the NFL? They're always creative plays from the goal line. Like, yeah. there was, you know, Philly special. There was the Chiefs play from the Rose Bowl, from, like, the 1940s Rose Bowl, um, where, like, everybody did, like, Backstreet Boys spins in the backfield, and, and that was awesome. And there was the play where Patrick Mahomes was in motion and Travis Kelsey was running the Wildcat. There was, um, oh, what am I missing? There was a really good one. Um what play am I thinking of? The Chiefs what? all the Chiefs do all I mean, of them. I mean, the Chiefs they're, they're, did them. Matt Ch- Nagy had the one where it was like there was like five defensive linemen in the backfield, and then they threw like a tackle eligible. That was a cool one. Um, but that that's like what this is all about. Like you have to give ex give me extra. Like you need to give me more. You can't just win by virtue of the fact that like you kind of manage the clock well, which is what I think it is. I think managing the clock should decide all games. <laughs> that's that's I, it's on, it's on, I I didn't care about it that much, and then as I thought about it more and more over the last I don't know two months, I've just decided I'm an absolutist. I will accept nothing else. You know what you're like. You're like the um, oh you, you know the people who. And I, I tried this on, and as I've tried on a lot of personalities in my life, like in high school, I went mm-hmm. through a, like a dead Kennedy's phase, and uh, you know, you, you just try on all the different hats to see what it feels like. And after the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, I was like, I like defense and not scoring, and uh, I don't. It sucks and it's boring, and no matter how 
awesome it Andy Benoit our uh podcast co-founder who was sitting next to me for that game and is now a Super Bowl champion no matter how awesome Andy told me that whole thing was um I couldn't get on board with it and I just I'm not going to pretend to like I I like penalty kicks I like shootouts in hockey I like extra innings in baseball uh there is a different element to all of it that forces coaches to go above and beyond where they are um you know, if the NBA was like, yeah, the the overtime is going to be a three-point shooting contest, I'd say, where do I sign up? You know, but but you have to go from your tallest guy to your shortest guy, you know, um, and, and do like a, you know, like that would be interesting, right? Um, sign me up for it. But just, you know, okay, now you have to give it back to the other guys. Like, that's boring, you know? It's just, it's it's just boring. The MMQB NFL Podcast, it's Connor Orr and me, Gary Cramley. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody, and our senior podcast producer and also the producer of this episode is Dan Bloom. Mark Mravik is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts. And once you do, please leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.